How do we get a heart whose greatest desire is to glorify His name? We have to be disciples. That's number one. And the three conditions of discipleship are mentioned in Luke 14, verse 25, sorry, verse 26, 27, and 33. If you can remember that, it's just in that section, Luke 14, 26 to 33, the three conditions of discipleship, at the end of which he said, that's how you're going to be the salt of the earth. Luke 14, 34. So, 26 is, in a nutshell, you've got to love Jesus more than your father. Listen carefully, number one condition of discipleship. You've got to love Jesus more than your father, more than your mother, more than your wife, more than your children, more than your brothers and sisters, blood brothers and sisters, and spiritual brothers and sisters. You've got to love Jesus more than every human being on the earth. Nobody must mean more to you than Jesus Christ. In other words, you're not going to do something to please your wife like Adam and displease the Lord. You like to say, sorry honey, I can't do that. I can't deceive my Lord. I'm not going to, you know, like Adam, hope you have eat the apple or eat the fruit rather uh, for the sake of peace at home. No, I don't want peace at home. I want to please my Lord. How many people are there like that? Love Jesus more than they love their wives, husband, father, mother, brother, sister, anyone. They're willing to say to their closest co-worker, get behind me, Satan. I don't agree with you. Love Jesus supremely. Number one. Number two, they love Jesus more than themselves. To take up the cross means to die to myself, my will, my choice, my pleasure. I love Jesus more than my personal preferences and choices. And third, for certainly, I love Jesus more than all my possessions. Car, house, money, bank account, business, whatever it is. Jesus is supreme. So basically, it's loving Jesus with all our heart, more than all our all human beings, more than ourselves, and more than all we possess. And to say to him, Lord, there's nothing on earth I desire beside you. Now when you see what Jesus is really like, you'll find it very easy to say that. And that's, to me, that is the mark of a worshipper. Most Christians don't know what worship is. What they call praise and worship is just making a lot of, a lot of noise on Sunday morning. That's not praise and worship. That may be praise and thanksgiving, but it's not worship. Worship is mostly done in secret. It's mostly done in silence. It's mostly done with our head down on the floor before God and saying, Lord Jesus, I desire nothing on earth but you. I desire no one on earth but you. If I have you, that's enough. That's a worshiper. And if you live in that place of worship, you'll be a worshiper. I'll tell you something, the Father in heaven seeks for those who will worship him and serve him. That's how we uh, have a desire. Now, you see, God doesn't force us. You make a choice. If you want to love something else more than Jesus, fine. Then you'll never get a heart to glorify his name. Okay, another question. How do I recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit? How can I distinguish it from other voices? Well, I'll tell you a few ways. Any voice that condemns you, you're good for nothing. That's not the voice. He never speaks like that. God never says you're good for nothing. Because it's not true. That's the voice of the devil. Nothing will come of you. 
You know, some fathers talk like that to their children. That's what they don't know about. God never said that. When we do something wrong, the voice is just dead. You've done it again. I told you. Firstly, fathers and mothers talk like that, not God. That's the devil. What about the Holy Spirit? How do you convict? Say, my son, that was wrong. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. Come, let me help you to do it very easily. Let's confess that sin. Get it cleansed away. Let's move forward. We do it better. That's what I'm supposed to Always with hope and encouragement. You know, I was so encouraged. There are a lot of people who hear me preach, and I wish they would get more of my spirit than just my sermons. Some people that listen to my sermons get the points of my sermons. But, uh, but I remember something that somebody told me that so encouraged me. He said, Brother Zach, I hear so and so brother preach exactly the same things you preach. But when I hear him, I get discouraged. But when I hear you, I get encouraged. I said, Lord, please have me be like that always. You can preach, and I learned something there in that testimony from that person. You can preach the same thing and encourage somebody or discourage somebody. It's a question of what spirit you have. You know, you can preach truth with a legalistic spirit or the spirit of the devil, or you can preach truth with the spirit of love and the Holy Spirit. So, a voice that condemns you, makes you be discouraged, is never from God. A voice that tells you, no matter how much you've fallen, no matter if you've hit rock bottom, there's hope for you. You can come from there, only so can you try. So, don't ever listen to the voice of condemnation because God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. I say this because I, I thought in my younger days when there was nobody to guide me. I wish I had a spiritual father to guide me. I didn't have. I just struggled for years to find these truths from Scripture, which I'm sharing with you now. I struggled because I used to be so condemned and discouraged when I fell into some sin. And that would make me fall even more. And I didn't realize that the voice of the devil. I thought I'd sit in a meeting and I could hear preachers. And the message I got at the end of the meeting was, You're not good enough! Yes, Lord, I'm not good enough. And I went away condemned. Now I have never cursed. It's just the voice of the devil. Imagine telling your children, You're not good enough, you're not good enough. That will destroy them. The Lord never speaks like that. If anyone of you can hear that voice, I can tell you right now the voice of the devil. Even if you have hit rock bottom, he won't tell you that. He'll tell you that's all good. So that's one of the most clearest ways to distinguish the voice of the devil from the voice of the Holy Spirit. Or sometimes it's the voice of my own self which makes me feel that I'm supposed to sit in a meeting and go away feeling I'm not good enough. That's not the way you're supposed to go away from a meeting. The way you're supposed to go away from a meeting is there's hope even for me. Even though I'm the worst person sitting in that hall today, there's hope for me. Then you've got the message from God, from the Holy Spirit. You can ensure that otherwise you have a Otherwise the devil got in between there and condemned you. 
So never listen to the voices of condemnation. Anything that discourages you. Discouragement and no condemnation are no entry roads. And if you obey those traffic signs here, obey this also. No entry God says, you come out from there, but you can't go in. Discouragement and self-condemnation. The other thing is, a voice that tells you, do it immediately, don't wait, do it immediately, don't think about it. It's usually the devil. God doesn't complain like that, you're not sure. It's the devil word. You think that's God, I've got to obey you. Now, if you're absolutely sure that it is God after carefully weighing and considering and praying and comparing scripture, consulting God to people, you're sure God's going to do it. Then I agree with you. But not some thought came into your mind and said, I've got, to, I've got to leave my job and I've got to go off to Tibet or something like that. You think that's God is not God. God only is you can wait think about it. Consult God people, consult scripture, wait on the Lord. It's those who wait on the Lord who will rise up with wings as eagles. Those who don't wait on the Lord will fall into the ditch. So remember that. These are some guidelines by which you can know. Condemnation, telling you uh, that you're not good enough, telling you to act immediately. These are all not from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's voice is always very gentle, urging us, and not, He doesn't catch us by the neck and push us. He urges us. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I go in front. He leads us and says, follow me. He doesn't take a whip and whip us and say, come on. And I, I see also the voice of Jesus is like that. I stand at the door and knock. Any man hear my voice and open the door? From any anything that forces you to do something, any creature who tells you, you gotta do this. It's not Jesus. He stands, he's a gentleman, he stands the door and knocks. He waits for you. If you take two years to open that door, he waits. How many years he waited outside the door of my heart just to come in to be my forgiver? How many more years he waited? Outside the door of other rooms in my heart, till I slowly yield and yield. He never forced his way in. So don't let anybody force you. You must figure out rights. You must do this. No. He stands in the door and knocks because God loves a cheerful giver. The voice of the Holy Spirit always leads you to cheerful giving. It's a love relationship, not a master slave relationship. But these are some of the ways to know. Okay. <clears throat> Um, do you have any proof about heaven or hell? Have you been to heaven and flesh or spirit? No, I haven't. But I've read about it in scripture and I know it's what it's like. Uh, and personally, I tell you, I don't believe all these people say they're going to heaven. Okay, what is the next apocalyptic event? That's going to happen. I personally think it would be the tribulation and the revelation of the Antichrist. And seven years of tribulation that the church will go through, at the end of which, the rapture. 
sound of the trumpet, and our Lord coming from heaven, and is sending his angels to gather the elect from the four corners of the earth and meet with the Lord forever with him. If you get time, read Matthew 24 and compare it with 1 Thessalonians 4. And you'll find that what it says in Matthew 24 is exactly like it says in 1 Thessalonians 4. The sound of the trumpet, the angels, the Lord coming in the clouds, those are mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 4, but the time is not mentioned. And the time is mentioned in Matthew 24, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation period of these things will happen. I believe that I've studied scripture for 52 years. There's not a single verse anywhere in scripture that Jesus says Jesus will come secretly and rapture the church before the tribulation, even though 95% of Christians believe that. Some of you believe it. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It is not true. Don't be deceived. Read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. That day will not come until the man of sin be revealed. Okay, our time is up. Let's have a word of prayer. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you. Come on, this. Uh, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be an effective witness for Jesus on earth? Yes. So it's a question of what is your attitude? What is the minimum I have to do to please my Lord? Brother, I don't have any answer. But if your attitude is, what is the maximum I can do for my Lord who gave everything for me? Ask me for the Lord's His family planning is sin in the eyes of God should one attempt to have a connection with one Anna if you can't afford it. You know, in the Old Testament, there are verses, such as in the Psalms, especially, blessed is the land who has a square full of them, and etc., generality to the Lord. Uh, in the New Testament, interestingly, there's not a single verse that says this way or that way on this subject. I come from India, where I've been in poor villages and seen some of the poorest people on earth. And I have seen uh, the havoc of children not being cared for because parents don't have money. There's no social security. They eat from the garbage bins. And so I don't preach to them, must have as many children as possible. I don't preach that much. Because I don't find it in any testimony. And if you lived in the villages of India where most of our churches are, you'll have a different opinion than if you live out here. Where the government will pay if you have function. Very easy to do certain things here. So what do I preach? Romans 14, it says, Let every man be convinced in his own mind. You do as the Lord leads you. And don't judge the other person. I have personally met Wonderful, godly brothers, about 12 children, 13 children. Godly people, and I respect them very highly. I've also met godly people, equally godly people, and we've got two children. 
I say that every man be fully persuaded in his own mind that I'm not here to lay down a law where I cannot find the New Testament scripture that on which I can base it. If I go to the Old Testament, there are lots of things we can talk about, not just in this area, but we are under the new covenant. God bless you all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are many things which we need to know the answers, but help us to really seek the answers for the things that are most important, especially to represent you on this earth. Bless everyone here, Lord, and your family, help them to be gripped by the few things they've heard here and change the direction of their life. We humbly ask in Jesus' name.